0: CrewPros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, CrewPros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call CrewPros. CrewPros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. What up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are presented to you by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. Speaking of family, we have our Grizz family here. We're bringing in Parker Fleming from Grizzly Bear Blues. So some people obviously know who you are, especially in the Grizz, uh, I guess the Grizz community, the Grizz family. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you got started within all of this, right? So you've been around for a while. Uh, and so tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, in 2016, I was a freshman in college and I, was, uh, I had a major that I thought I was going to do. And uh, and so August, second semester, I, I went undeclared and was just trying to fix. Figure out next, and uh, though this isn't my actual career, and this wasn't the path I took in college. I for a, a network, uh, fans out of networks, uh, Bill Street Bears talking about the Grizzlies. Um, they're writing there for uh, about a year, year and a half. I became their site editor, uh, did that for about a, a little over, over a year before I went over to Grizzly Bear Blues and go Mullen access team over there started out senior staff writer, and then quickly and got into game coverage and that's kind of where i really kind of felt i like gotta put things together i you know site manager but yeah i mean that that's just kind of how i kind of like breeze through that but just more about i mean just while putting my head down and writing my th- thoughts on the Grizzlies I, I had done it for so long you know I was on message towards when I was like nine and ten years old like <laughs> back in the day so it's something I've always loved to do and yeah that that's about I guess my my journey sleep these right. coverage of sorts
0: yeah well you're definitely uh you're leading by example we'll say because uh Grizzly Bear Blues uh behind Grind City Media which is obviously affiliated with the Grizzlies uh, y'all are by far the number one, I guess, brand. Um, I like to call them brands instead of blogs. I like brand better. Uh, I think it's the, it's the, pretty cool. the number one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good brand. And especially with the, the Grizzlies growing as they are uh, within the city of Memphis. But honestly, nationally, globally, uh, this is only going to get bigger. Your brand, our brand, they're only going to continue to rise. And so uh, within the interview series, I want to make sure we brought in a lot of the community people. Uh, a lot of people that mm-hmm. are honestly been doing this way before people realized, and so because you know we all have platforms, I figured you know what, let's get it started with with the big dog, and so we
1: uh, we're starting with you. Man. No pressure. <laughs> I, I it's wild that I'm the big, big dog, but yeah, I've been doing this some 20, since I was about 19, 20 years old. I, I want to say this is to my season of, uh, writing about the grizzly and in my fourth full season credentialed member covering game uh covering the Grizzlies home game. So yeah it's definitely a fun fun, fun experience and I guess uh being called the big dog. I I, I didn't know it was like Roman Reigns or anything. You no know. <laughs> Uh
0: you know how I like the uh some wrestling analogy. So uh I'll be your That's I'll right. be your oost any day. Yeah um, we
1: will be getting we'll get oosy we'll on this pod.
0: Yeah, definitely getting oozy. Uh, Let's go to the Grizzlies game last night. It was ugly. And so I've done a lot of research on my end, uh, just looking at some of the lineups. And I think that was a lot of the questions because it was usually Zaire coming off the bench and he's playing the first, you know, I say eight, seven to eight minutes of the second and the fourth. Well, they changed it up, and Jenkins and the staff changed it up, and they put in uh, Zaire early, Conchar late, and then they didn't go back to Conchar until the game was over. So there's a lot of change and a lot of things going around. So they lose one of one twenty five to one oh eight. What initially did you see just out of that one
1: game? This is the first time that I've really, really seen them look pretty lifeless. Okay. Uh, it just it seems like, like you know they've been in this. Shooting slump all game. So, in this little, little stretch where they've lost for their past five games, they're rating by a landslide. I was doing some research and to kind of write on the, these slumps and stuff, but their offensive rating over the past five games is 105.2. It's the Charlotte Hornets at 109.2. And it's just their three point shooting. I want to say they're shooting low twenties percent in the past twenty games from downtown. And in, in today's NBA, that's just not gonna cut it. It seemed like last night, you know, they just got back from that four four game West Coast, West Coast road trip the effects that they're feeling from that. I know uh fast break breakfast Keith Parrish point, I guess the fatigue effects from right. uh that Sort of like West Coast jet lag, going back to time time zone. But I mean, regardless, I mean, the energy and effort. Just, I think, I think the shots not falling. It's just kind of getting into their heads. I know now it doesn't. There's no really grand answer to it. It just seems like they're they're in struggles, and it's affecting everything else. You know, their rotations aren't as crisp because they're worried about us. Their their offense is slacking. Uh, they're really not in it. How reliable the Grizzlies are on Desmond Bain because when hit when his three point shot is in on the Grizzlies just aren't a three point shooting team. Yeah. Uh, last last time before the game, I had asked. Um, I think the Grizzly or they could do. Uh, Actions wiser and anything to kind of open beyond the art to just find find some sort of rhythm. And he, he, that silly, silly metric about shot quality kind of <laughs> enforces that. that. Um, I guess the shot quality 95, 96 bulls, because I remember seeing that non stop in the playoffs. But at some point, you got to hit shots. But, but I, I think the thing he said perfectly was our makes-and-misses affect how we are defensively. And with the Grizzlies, they just kind of seem scrambled and out of sorts on that end of the floor. I think they're giving up the game in the past five games. And frankly, watching them more because of just the magnitude of them and how it's just basically low to their struggles, especially over the past last two games that's where it's kind of last two games yeah yeah the
0: Grizzlies haven't looked like themselves and honestly it's you know I, I don't know if it's confidence or what it is but when you see like when the other team is getting the ball out of the hoop and they're taking it out it allows that 2 seconds we'll say you get further down the court you're able to set up a better defensive scheme you feel more comfortable it's the flow of the offense there's That that is what helps you is if you can hit your shots, you're able to set up properly and your flow of the game is completely back to normal. What you practice, what you don't practice is shooting a shot, a three point, everybody crashing the boards, a ball kicks out for a long rebound. And then you're obviously it's just a struggle and you're continuously getting back. There's always something um, happening with that. So I'm going to ask the question, what's going on with the Grizzlies right now? I know you just broke down a lot of it. Is it confidence? Is it just flow? Is it coaching? I don't know if you've been in spaces. I love spaces. Shout out EJ and the team. It's TJ is the problem, (laughs) and I don't
1: understand it. Okay,
0: so tell us. What's going on with the Grizzlies?
1: I blame the coach. I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, the coach isn't the one missing shots. You know? Right. Like what, 22, 23% from three over the past five games? Making or m- missing shots. It's them. I mean, and you can, you, there's so many things you kind of shooting from the wings off the bench with John Conchar and Zaire Williams. And I know Ty- Tyus Jones, he had, he has shot the ball well this season. I want to say he's shooting about 37, 38%. Over the past five games, he's shooting 19% from three. Hmm. I mean, really, the only threat off the, the moment is Santi Aldama. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, the three-point point luck, luck as far as their opponents, their three-point inefic- inefficiency, you can point to the fact that a bunch of – it's the NBA. Everyone's a good player. But, I mean, they're ha- having got Ty Jerome, Dante DiVincenzo, Dwayne Washington, are stepping up into their next man mentality thing and hitting the Grizzlies with, with, you know, you can point to all those things, but at the end of the day, you are as your best players go. John Moran's doing his part, but I feel like I struggling. I know Desmond pain, he's getting back into his rhythm with his injury and stuff. I mean, shooting poor, and then quickly turned around. So, I mean, Desmond with Bain will not be a 12% three-point shooter for the rest of the season. I think that's what he's right. shooting. He's going to hit outside shots. He's going to emerge or re-emerge as one of the big Uh I mean, I'm kind of pointing more about, about Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan. Uh, I mean, granted, the Phoenix game, Dylan Brooks was 7 for 9, but in Warriors loss and Phoenix Loss. He was five of fourteen from the field, zero of five from three, four to one of six from three, and then last night against Phoenix, he was three and nine and hit his only three-point attempt. But I think his, his I, I stand on the hill that I think, I think he's an all-defensive player. I I do think right now his fouls are far outweighing his. And I, I know he does the whole thing of I have. Six. I have 5,000, but at the end of, at the end of the day, it's still going to affect your team's ability to get their, their, the best perimeter defender on the floor. Yeah. So I, I think at the moment, ball just isn't there on either side of the ball, and I think he need, needs to kind of scale. I do think like last night he showed signs of scaling back. Back. He was fourth, fourth on the team, and Grant. Definitely and Jaron Jackson Jr. You love to see that. You want to see that. I do think the fouls are kind of minimizing his impact, and it's doing the same for Jaron Jackson Jr. I can go on and on about his fouling, and I know people are going to place that on Taylor Jenkins. I do think it's a double-edged sword. Taylor Jenkins needs to give him a longer leash, but Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to quit the silly fouls. He needs to if he learned how to set a screen. He would save himself one, maybe two fouls a game game uh, but I mean his, his involvement or lack thereof has kind of been a hindrance to the Grizzlies I mean, against Denver six shot attempts yeah. had 5,000 that game against seven 5,000 limited him to 20 minutes last night was kind of he just didn't really seem like he had his footing in that game at all on the offensive side of the ball talk about about all this, and I'll be writing something on this for Grizzly Bear Blues. You could withstand being from your, your role players, the yeah. otherworldly performance their team's reserves. You, you you can withstand that stuff if they're playing well. And right now, John Morant's the only one that's playing well. I mean, it doesn't more often than not, when Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. and it's really those two guys right there, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. If you get one of those rant, more than likely you're going to win a game. If you're not going to have either of those guys play well, no matter what happens, it's going to take it's going to take your role players kind of staying, kind of playing above their heads in a way for you to, yeah. to for you to kind of bounce. Want to point to that Phoenix game and that not the Phoenix game from last night, but the Phoenix game in Phoenix because that's what the Grizzlies showed. I mean, John Morant wasn't a thing, but Jaron Jackson Jr., 9 of 17 from the field, 24 points, 10 rebounds from the field, 16 points. And then they also, to make up for Morant in shooting nights, Brandon Clark stepped. Up and had a 24 and 10 game. We can't expect that every night from him. Santi Aldama hit two threes off the bench. He stepped up. So it's just, I think right now, now they're in a slump and they're guys two through four, I mean, three of your four best players not playing well over a particular stretch, you're going to struggle. But hey, first time in 2022, the Grizzlies actually struggled. If we're going to be completely real, this is the yeah first of 2022 i think everyone kind of needs to uh, relax and stop calling for head
0: yeah no I, I am completely with you there I, there is some coaching stuff that i would do want to talk with you about yeah. and yeah. it's not and it's not about really coaching it's about schemes and thought process so um i don't study the other teams and i know you probably don't do as well either uh as much as we do the grizzlies right we're completely no. in depth right so, but looking at somebody uh, at uh, Stephen Adams stats, which is uh, Funaki stats, who everybody loves uh, his account. He's always bringing up something uh, with Stephen Adams. He had the question. He sent Best over lady. to me. So they are. So they played five. So the starting the starters played five minutes together in the first half, and they played six minutes in the second half together, all in the same court. Eleven total minutes were a positive one plus minus. No, doesn't always answer all the questions. But is there not a way that they can get the starters playing more minutes than eleven total in the whole entire game? There
1: has to be a way. I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, I think in in last night's game, I mean, I, I think rebounding or the the rebounding numbers kind of say, say differently. But I mean. I, kind of looked a little bit more lethargic in that game, and yep. I thought Clark was adding a little bit that kind of needed a jolt. I mean, I think Clark was the only one in that first half that was really kind of flying and kind of making an impact on that end of the floor. I mean, there is, yeah, try to sprinkle in some minutes here and there, but it's also the flow of the game, you know? You have to yep. you start closing halves that way. Close the halves with the starters. Maybe the last, last three, and then next thing you, you know, you move back out of the half and you play your starters about first five, five minutes. It's about who's playing well. It's not about who starts. And granted, you had that plus one differential. this wasn't where they got killed. They got killed off the bench with guys like like Damian yeah. Lee and Dwayne Wash. So, I mean, if you're looking, looking at plus minus and all that stuff, where they where things really is when. Uh, Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama into the game. They're both, and you don't want to play, pit it on. That. I mean, Zaire Williams in 18 minutes was a minus 27. Santi Aldama in 15 minutes. So I mean, I mean, yeah, you could you could try playing your starters more. Um, and they could have probably used Adams a little bit more in that third quarter when DeAndre, the guy that was selected number one overall. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, I'm not. <laughs> it's so tough. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really tweaking over it, really, because I think the Grizzlies' most dangerous lineup is the one where Desmond Payne, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. That's what I think the Grizzlies. I think their starters are very efficient, but when it comes to closing games and stuff. You usually it's a little less uh trying to figure out the right word for it a little. I right, you want something a little bit more bulletproof and right, like down the stretch because where Steven Adams can kind of get, get targeted a little bit in the pick and roll. You're already having that happen with John. Mar- I mean, that's not. I mean, they've closed with Steven Adams a lot this season, and they've actually done really well with. I think Steven Adams. Have, I mean, I don't. I don't think you're winning or losing ball games by playing your 20 minutes. I mean you could yeah. but, but what what ha- at that point then you're not that's the thing. Yeah. You're not you yeah, the bench so
0: yeah, you're not at all. And that's and that's the thing that everybody I guess some people don't understand is you've got to integrate these bench players. You can't just, hey, line, you know, line change like hockey where you have five people off, five people on like that doesn't happen. Right. You can't mm-hmm. have where you play your starters eight minutes together and then you send in the bench unit and then you let them play their six minutes and then you. All right, cool. We'll put the starters back out again for another eight minutes together. You could do that. Probably not ideal, uh, but. There's something there's something with these lineups that uh, you can see that if you're watching you know the games at all um, as a fan. You can see that they're tinkering with these lineups trying to figure out what makes sense. There's a reason that Zaire is now coming in early and Conchar's not Conchar hasn't played well, but also I, neither has Zaire. So they're trying to figure out is it is it Zaire having to come in at this different uh, line movement difference by the game? Let's put him in with Jaw more because he he's always looked better with Jaw, and so that's what I'm thinking. That TJ and his thought process is is he's trying to go in more uh, and and help a guy that's struggling like Zaire to come in more with Jaw and play alongside him.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think you bring up a good point with that because last year, you know, he started 31 games. He played a lot of minutes next to Jaw, and he looked better with Jaw. I mean, that that's I mean, obviously. My- most players are gonna look better with a job, but you know, <laughs> I think that could help for sure. Yeah. And, and like you said though, their lineup tinkering because with these guys have had to play different roles. Right. There's so much role adjustment and people are trying to find their Yeah, John John Conchar has struggled this month. It, it it's not been a good December looks like a pretty solid fit next to the starting lineup because he is a floor spacer, kind of relocates. He does the dirty work defensively. He was, Desmond Baines back. He's got to adjust back to a bench roll. Uh, Santi Altama, he's had, now he has to adjust to a bench roll. And I think he's actually doing pretty good, to be honest. Um, and then you also, you know, you have all these guys kind of come in and, I mean, and they're in and out of the rotation, whether it's David or, or Jake Claravia. Uh you know, this it this is just a part of I guess and kind of figuring out combinations. Yeah. I do think they, they found good combinations. I wrote about it uh, Grizzly Bear Blues. I do think there there's some good combinations out there. And frankly, like really well defensively when Zaire Williams was in that tenth man substitution spot in the fourth quarter. Granted, he's not doing well individually, but the team has done well. And frankly, I mean, out mad over individual success, but I mean, I I think there's just a lot of role adjust. Also, too, you have guys kind of getting back into the mix from tough injuries. I mean, Jaren Jackson has long you know, gone back, but Zaire Williams having to come back and trust his body with the um and his knee and because, I mean, with patella tendonitis, you know, with tendonitis there's not like a surgery or anything to clear it up. You just, right. you just it's time, really. Time, recovery, yeah. body again. Desmond Bain, he came back a week earlier than the time mine said. He's adjusting on the basketball floor. I mean, a, a toe injury, it also kind of affects your conditioning too because you can't really I don't know. I mean, I, I think ultimately, <laughs> the Grizzlies are going to be fine. I mean if yeah. this is their slump of the season then great it's happening in December or April like or or even in May so I, yeah. I think there's just a lot really and Taylor Jenkins and the coaching staff is having to figure that out
0: yeah yeah they're going and they're going to figure it out just like uh you know I was talking to earlier today with some people in the spaces and we were talking about just simply that a lot of times you're going to have your ebbs and flows within a, a sports season in general, but also just within basketball because there's you know scouts that are scouting you and trying to figure out how do we make how do we play against the Grizzlies? How do we defend them? How do we go against them? And what's happened is somebody's figured something out and they're playing a certain way. And the Grizzlies have kind of got caught and they came from a long win streak. Now they're not playing great basketball. That's usually how it goes normally. Um, And so now they have to figure out, hey, let's flip the switch. Let's change some things. Eventually something clicks and they get back to going where they were going. Like, that's just how it works within the NBA. And so once they get going, once they get a good win under their belt, I think that'll be uh, really important for this team. And it's weird to me. I don't know if you've seen this. I want to ask the question. The Grizzlies, it seems like they're winning and big or they're losing big. I don't know. If we've had a game this season where we just it's been a dogfight, we're going back and forth, you know, it's two boxers just throwing, you know, haymakers and then we just hit the right, you know, we we hit the right bucket and we win. Like it's not been like that. We've been up for majority of these games or we feel like we've been out of these games. has it seem like that to you?
1: I mean, especially in December, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking out. I mean, Miami was close, but you kind of scratched that out because because, right. like, almost your entire starting line. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Philadelphia was kind of that way. They had a comfortable lead, but Philadelphia came back to kind of... Yeah. You're looking at the last game. The last close games were that New York. Those were really the last, like, close games that the Grizzlies have had. The other, I mean, it was either they're kicking ass or they're getting their ass kicked. <laughs> so... Yeah.
0: It's weird. Um, and so all right, so let's let's go to something else. Uh something that we've seen, and we call I'm gonna call this the runs. Um Memphis, honestly, they had an 8-0 run. Phoenix answered with 20 to 5. Memphis in the third quarter went on eleven to 0 run. That mainly that was Jaw doing Jaw things. Uh, and then Phoenix right behind that, 15 to 2 run to shut the water off. What do you make of the the big runs that the Grizzlies always go in? Because there's this happens. Every game, it seems. Is it veteran leadership? Because everybody likes trade season. I think it's dumb. Okay, I like this team. We might tinker, and you might see this front office tinker a little bit, make something. I don't think there's going to be a big, splashy trade. But what do you see in it? Is this like just, hey, young guys have to grow up. You have to learn how to shut the water off a little bit. Uh, Or is it, hey, they need some veteran leadership because this is a thing that could happen long term.
1: I mean, I, I think, you know, it kind of goes back to the last lineup tinkering. Yeah. You know, you're pointing out these stretches, you know, first quarter, second quarter, now the third quarter run. Those aren't the same lineup. You have a lot of right. lineup tinkering. I think that's the product of it and okay. having the product of guys getting their footing back into the mix. First run, they had their starters. The first the second Grizzlies run, the eleven starters. Second quarter. It's a big stagger situation. Same with the third quarter. There's a big stagger. I think that's kind of what just what it boils down to right there. So you're just trying to tinker tinker with them. I I'm very much on the fence. They're tra- I know I know I know you probably didn't, didn't want to talk about trades on this podcast, but leadership and. Gri- Granted, if we're being real uh Danny, Danny Green is fair. And I'm not I this isn't me questioning his veteran leadership. I don't know what goes behind closed doors, you know? Right. Right. Um I'm just saying like Danny Green supposed to be the veteran leader. I'm not questioning his leadership. I think But here's the thing Jaron Jackson Jr., year five. John Morant, year four, six. Steven Adams, almost a 10-year veteran. Tyus Jones, yeah. seven years. Even though they're young, they're veterans. Right. So I get how trades isn't more about veterans. And I think people are kind of age with experience or experience okay. with age, even though they are one of the youngest. Are we sure it's in isn't because they have five rookies on the roster mm. and and two other sophomores their age. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's more about, I, I think it's just more about right now. And then yeah. he's shooting. I mean, if you really wanted to nitpick and talk about trade, it's, it kind of boils down to how is Zaire Williams going to look, say by the MLK game. I think that's where you can kind of judge. How is he looking? Because if he emerges the bona fide eighth man in your rotation that you envision him to be, because playoffs happen, it all kind of crunches down to eight. And an eight man rotation, Almirant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, that's a championship bait right there, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think, but. If you don't have that eighth guy, you need to go try to find find an eighth guy because the uh, I, I the window's open. You value draft picks as much as you. Want. Sometimes you're gonna gonna end up with a roster crunch. What I what I, I wouldn't mind, and it also kind of green. How much do they value Danny Green's veteran leadership? Because that that's gonna kind of earn another. Because I mean they, they can trade. Xavier Tillman and next year's 2024 first round pick and try to go get somebody like Malik Beasley. Mm. They can try to make, I don't know what this is going to look like, but Kyle, I mean, Zach Lowe on the Lowe post about a week or so ago, he said Danny Green. if that's the trade, you'd hop on the phone immediately. But I don't know how like, yeah, trades are fun. Trades are sp- buying, better. But, like, it just does that on paper. At the end of the day, it boils down to how good your best four guys are. Yeah. And when you have like three-fourths of your core four struggle, no trade or right. no no ninth or tenth man is going to fail. That, that that's what that's why the Grizzlies are struggling right now
0: yeah no I, I like that uh and speaking of making moves uh make a move over to Zach Dorsky State Farm uh you can call them at 901-443-4798 at ZachInsuresMemphis.com uh they will make sure they set you up with good insurance maybe what the Grizzlies need we need some good insurance we need some uh some players that we can feel comfortable with. Uh, but if you want to make a move over to Zach Jaworski, staff farm, give him, give him a call. Let him know the Grizz nine on one team sent you. So last question. And I know we'll get out of here probably uh, running over time already. Is there one, hey, you're all good. is there, is there one move since we're talking trades and I love trade season. is there one move that if possible, and it's actually legit, if possible, you would make today whenever
1: you could, I talked about that Kyle uh, I would love to see what what, what the package is going to be for Kyle, Kyle Kuzma even though I think he's going to be the market uh, I'm trying to think of anything else Is Kyle uh, Kuzma
0: a starter on this team?
1: Six man I, I think he's a six man I think he's the guy that gets a jolt off the bench he kind of gives you uh, uh, a lot of versatility kind of put him kind of depends on the flow of the game. You can put him in the, yeah. the, the Sante all or You can put him in the back three spot with Zaire. Push Zaire down to the two. You could do, uh, You can play him with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams. You can play him with Jaron Jackson Jr. You can play him with just Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks. And I think he's made a legitimate half player since his uh, trade from the Lakers. I also think Malik get off the bench. I don't know what the price tag is for that. Um, I don't know how much of a fit, but, but I mean, Danny Green's in trade business. I mean, could you do Danny Green, Green, say for Tillman in a future draft pick to go get Malik Beasley? Because he's a guy that hit threes, but he'll, he'll take them. Like, he's going to yeah. shoot a lot of threes. He adds a lot of off the bench. I, I would like Malik Beasley. I mean, from there, when you're talk, talking real, the thing that people don't understand with the trades, it takes two to tango. So right. There's a lot of parody in the league where people aren't ready to sell off yeah. their the play-in even if, if it means getting Victor Wimanyama or Scoot Henderson because they believe, believe that their team could make the playoffs and from there, they uh, um, that that's kind of that's kind of where I am at with the trades. Like, can say, like, okay, name trade targets that you know you think are available. Because yeah. you don't know. Utah's not, not selling the farm exactly right now. I know I mentioned Millie. Beach. Utah's yeah. seventh in, or seventh or eighth in the West right now. They ain't doing anything <laughs> right now. They they believe. The Washington Wizards, they've held this ir- irrational for five years. Yeah, It's literally taking Kyle Kuzma, possibly not for the to naturally consider a trade for Kyle Kuzma. So, that stands. And then if you look at teams that are in the, the Victor Wimbanyama race, the San-, San Antonio Spurs, the Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons. Yeah, Yeah, those teams may sell off, but who do you want on that team? No, it's Josh Richardson. No, (laughs) Kelly Oubre. If if you think Dylan Brooks is a ball hog, wait until you have Kelly Oubre come up. There's just not anything out there yet. That's why just give it a go. When more teams kind of start accepting the reality that their team or that it's a tenth seed. To sacrifice their shot of get getting Victor Wimbanyama, Scoot Henderson, and start selling off, but yeah, that that's kind of where I stand. The Grizzlies yeah. are, I, I... are the Grizzlies are J- Aaron Jackson Jr. getting out of his slump and Des for trade talk and slump talk being absolutely obsolete. Yeah. So get out and give it a couple weeks when trade. It's actually start to heat up, calling for trades.
0: Yeah, I I agree, I agree with that. Like you're talking about two teams that I'm looking at the most is um, Minnesota. I think they're they're a team that you can watch because they obviously went all in uh, for Rudy Gobert, and so they're they're all in at this moment. So they're going to possibly tinker with that and figure out can they make stuff work because they feel like they have legit a chance. Chicago Washington they're both you know six or seven games under 500 already they're probably going to continue to keep falling those are two teams I know you've talked you talked about Washington as well Uh, those are two teams to watch if they continue to fall at what point do they make a decision we need to blow it up or hey we're going to go all in for a big trade when they go all in for a big trade there's something else that has to move are you the third team so things like that can happen I, I don't know if the Grizzlies are at that point yet But if you really want to make a run, you can upgrade this bench quickly by just making one move.
1: Let me ask you, what what stands out to you in Minnesota? Is there any player that you think could be a pain to say Minnesota? Uh,
0: See, I don't know if I want anybody off of Minnesota in general, but I think what they would want, I think they would want Tyus Jones. And I think there's a way to come off of Tyus Jones to Minnesota and be part of a three team, three team deal of some sort. I don't know what I would want on their roster in particular. Um, but I think that there's potential to be a trade partner with them, but also including a third team and getting something off of 13 that we might like, whether it would be Washington or even Toronto, if Toronto just starts is completely just falling. And, and that is an OG deal potentially.
1: Yeah, very uh, true. I, I know. I, I mean, I'm, Looking at ago, I, I was like, at first, I was like, shoot, shoot let's go get Alex Caruso. But I mean, if you defense, but, but but if you think John Conchar doesn't shoot, just wait till you um, see Alex Caruso. I think his, his usage rate is even lower than John Conchar. And he's yeah. not as good as the three points are. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, OG would be great. If Zach Lowe is saying that he can get a Donovan mitchell hall is it mm. worth it like the no. dude for like the dude dude hasn't even been the what fourth option in toronto this whole time like yeah it is is the gap really dylan brooks to go get to go give up like three three or four picks for him right. no not really that's my issue. This, this, this isn't this isn't jimmy butler we're talking about this is like and I think OG's good. I think he was like two first, first round picks. Yes. I, I would I would get ready. I would get ready to make a call. But at that price tag, no. No. I, I'm not I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you know what we we are at our time. So one i want to thank you for coming on uh we got into trades and honestly this is a conversation i think both of us could go on for forever but i want to want to limit our time and uh, respect uh your time for sure but um it's been a blast and i think that you know starting stuff like this and kind of having that uh back and forth where we can kind of talk through different uh points of view is great uh but cuz we all see the game similar but we always also see it a little bit different as well and so i think that's a lot of uh, a good viewpoints uh what's coming up for for you but also grizzly bear blues because we want to shout y'all out as well because uh we're all in this together we're a community and so we want to oh, yeah. tackle it
1: you know i'm you know just kind of get back in the swing of things uh i don't know but uh, i got married early, earlier this month and i was you know congrats, i took congrats. much needed time to have have fun at our at our wedding have fun in our high Honeymoon. So, just kind of getting back in the swing, observations and stuff that I can uh, ride on next. But I mean, we have a deep team over here. They really, really kind of showed that during my absence because of uh, the leadership of Sean Coleman and Brandon Abraham. Um, I want to thank them. But yeah, I mean, just kind of the same old, same old. I'm definitely going to be up a little bit trying to get some more stuff out there and I'll appease everybody and so you know what someone someone has to do it on the blog i guess i'll go ahead and do it so because i mean that's for today but it's not usually mine but i got some different spins that i can kind of make it my we love it as
0: long as uh this this uh, podcast we're not allowed to say sean coleman's name but besides that everything else uh i loved about what you said okay i'll i'll remember that <laughs> i'll get the bleep button for sean no, we love Sean, but uh, okay, we yeah. have a uh, we have a we have a rivalry just in general, just you know, out of fun. We love it. All right, so well, that's all we have, Parker. Thank you for coming by. Uh, this has been a blast. We'll continue to keep doing this, and uh, hopefully, the Grizzlies figure out their slump, whatever they're in. Yeah,
1: you know what? Whatever they'll they're figure it out. in, they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, let we'll let them. Awesome, oh, I
1: appreciate it, out. it, Dan.
0: All right, let's get a win now in Toronto. Be nice and tell your friends.